oh my god i put so much pressure on myself initially to get it right the first freaking time otherwise i'm a failure that's so wrong that is setting myself up for absolute depression it's giving yourself a realistic expectation so that you're not as hard on yourself hi and welcome back to honest to dog podcast i'm your host Liz Foley, CEO and expert dog behaviorist at The Dog House. And I'm Jeff Gadway, Liz's co-host for today's episode on struggle, the one about struggle. For those of you who might be a little thrown by the title and thinking, what does struggle have to do with dog training? I think this is actually a really important topic that often gets overlooked by clients, trainers, dog owners, because people are inherently uncomfortable with the idea of struggle. So Liz, how do you think about kind of struggle as it relates to dog training? I think everyone is always so focused on the end goal, right? When it comes to working with their dogs, they just want, I want a dog who doesn't pull on leash. I want a dog who's social with other dogs. I want a dog who doesn't jump up on people. Like we just are picturing and envisioning the end result, what we want. And we're so used to quick fixes that we kind of forget that dog training isn't about the end result. It's more the process of getting there because that for me is information gathering from the dog, right? Okay, how sensitive are you? How do you learn best? How can I best lead you? What do I need to do to alter my energy to get through to you? There's so much that you learn about yourself and your dog through the training process and struggle, mistakes. It's not if, it's when. For all dogs and all owners. So seeing it through and being resilient and honoring that struggle is a really, really beautiful thing. Let's come back to the process piece in a second because I love what you just said there. What do you think the role of like social media and you know what people see online, how does that contribute to kind of that before and after contrast versus focusing on the process. Yeah, I think, and I get it, a lot of businesses, dog trainers, training facilities, anything like that, they, they're they selling a product and a service, right? They're selling an outcome. Yeah, exactly. And so they want to show you this was how bad it was with the dog and this is where we were able to get in the end or in four weeks or whatever. And so you see that quick, the flash of before of the dog lunging on the leash, being crazy and then you see the flip side of now look this dog is so calm and relaxed on leash and knows exactly what to do and you don't see the struggle of what happened in those four weeks right and you're looking at a professional and thinking oh it just happened so fast for them even professionals go through that struggle i maintain and i tell all my clients that mistakes are how we learn mistakes are how the dog learns And it's being really consistent with what your expectations are through that struggle, not giving up. Struggle doesn't mean I give up or I fail. Struggle means you're trying and you're resilient and you will power through and you will get to the other side. Yeah, dog trainers are humans too. Humans make mistakes and humans stumble. And you and I were just talking about with babies. Babies first learn to crawl and then stand to walk and they all fall. They all fall in the beginning while they're learning. And imagine we just gave up. We'd all be crawling around. We'd all be crawling around. Yeah. And so it's that standing back up, brushing yourself off. Just like with all things, social media has skewed our perception of what reality is and looks like. It's the same with dog training. 
so this is perfect right now, relevant for us with our two baby nieces that are you know, three, four months old. And, you know, they're doing tummy time, right? Trying to keep their heads up and they hate it. They absolutely hate it. And I know, you know, as humans, we don't like seeing people we love that we care for struggle. Mm-hmm. And so our temptation is to intervene or cut the exercise short. Mm-hmm. But it's only through persevering that they're going to, you know, build up the strength and be able to get through it. And, and would you say it's kind of the same thing with our dogs or how does that relate? Oh, for sure. And I like we don't have kids, so I'm not sure what that's like as a parent, but I even see it and feel it with clients. I see them struggling and I just want to jump in and help him and make it better because it is human nature. Like we just want people to succeed, people to be happy, eliminate pain but it is a a necessary part of the journey, right? Climbing to the top of a mountain isn't all rainbows and lollipops. It's struggle. Right. I've never done it, but (laughs) (laughs) I've climbed many mental mountains. There you go. Well, that's maybe a good segue. But before we go there, can you think, and this is kind of a leading question, but is there a single client that you've worked with over the last 10 years who's seen a massive transformation in their dog without some degree of struggle Absolutely not. Absolutely not, right? Of course we knew that was going to be the answer. But I think when we're in it ourselves, we think, oh, it's so easy for everybody else. Or, oh, you know, Liz makes it look so easy. Or Steve Del Savio makes it look so easy. Or Caesar makes it look so easy. You know, it's it's like an overnight miracle, right? Mm -hmm. I think people describe you as like a miracle worker or a magician. (laughs) You probably hear it all the time. But yeah. it's actually just through resilience and perseverance this actually comes to fruition, right? Yeah. I put my pant legs on one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you hang your cape on the back of the door before you go to bed. No. This is the thing. I think we compare ourselves so much to other people. And whether it's your next door neighbor with a puppy or professional trainer working with their own dogs or a facility full of dogs, everybody is going to have their own challenges. Whether yours is your dog pulls on leash or your dog doesn't come when called or your dog is reactive, whatever it is, or your puppy nips, like it could be so big or it could be so small, it's still your own personal struggle. Your relationship to your dog is going to be stronger for going through that. And I think we know that firsthand with Ty. Yeah. And Ty was what, like a two year struggle? Like, yeah. A lot of work went into that. So we're not going to get into the backstory on Ty today because we want to do one about Ty, mm-hmm. but can you talk a little bit about, you know, that, that period after we had him for a while, you know, maybe over the last couple of years anyways, if you know, reflect on the last part of us having him and, and you know, that struggle that led to kind of the breakthrough to where we are today. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of things, um, one of which was I had really high expectations of him and myself. And I still remember I went out to a training uh, workshop in California. Sherry Lucas and Brian Agnew, they taught a workshop for trainers. And there were a bunch of other trainers there through like Caesar's way, um, people I had known. And we all kind of were, were there to either work on ourselves for a dog that we owned personally that we struggled with or there was a client's dog we were really stuck with. And just to kind of be among my peers and having them say, hi, I'm a trainer and I have a problem dog. (laughs) Like It was just kind of like a weight had been lifted and like, Mm. okay, even though I'm a trainer, 
you can still have something that you're working on with your dog. But also just realizing, stopping to obsess about the end goal and being like, okay, gr- let's grow through what we go through together and lifting off that judgment of just kind of like, all right, we're here. Mm-hmm. Might as well enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Even if this isn't perfect, this is where we are. And I'm okay with that. And with Ty, we were probably holding him to, well, a very high bar in Carmen. Mm-hmm. You know, the Absolutely. perfect the perfect dog. You know, and, and I think we were, I don't know, if disappointed that we couldn't do some of the same things with Ty that we could do with Carmen, be it, you know, some of the off-leash work, some of the right. trust work. And I think we felt that our our job with Ty wouldn't be done until he achieved that same kind of level of excellence with Carmen, yeah. right? Yeah. And I still remember when you came home from that session with, with Sherry and Brian, it was like you had had a breakthrough, like there was an unlock. So can you talk a little bit about what that realization was and how that kind of set us up for this next chapter with Ty? I think what I took away from that workshop was not obsessing about perfection, of kind of taking what you can get and allowing that to be enough in that moment because you're going to continue to build on things. So Sherry Lucas is a big name in the training world. It was the first time I had gone and worked with her and she has such, she has grace about her where I remember she was working with another student taking the course and they were working on getting a dog calmly out of the crate um, and getting space from the dog so they could open the door without the dog charging through. And it was kind of like, end goal is to get the dog to lie on place, calmly, relaxed, open the door fully, enter the, the kennel, leash up the dog while it's staying on place and exit. The dog was really struggling with this and let's get it to a point where the dog just makes space by the door. And let's just ask that. Let's alter our expectation right now because it's an unfair ask. And that was like, oh my God. I was asking for the moon of Thai when really I should have been taking way smaller baby steps. And so seeing this professional who I looked up to so much say, "Take, let's take what we can get in this moment. Let's adapt and be comfortable with that adaption. And it's not giving up, it's resetting the, the expectation. So I came home from that and I was like, oh my God, I put so much pressure on myself initially to get it right the first freaking time. Otherwise I'm a failure. That's so wrong. That is setting myself up for absolute depression because I will fall flat every time. And so coming and doing anything now with clients and instead like, okay, we're going to teach the dog place. And I'm expecting in my mind, the dog is probably going to come off five or six times in the first 10 minutes. And so we're just going to calmly put the dog back on place and set that expectation over and over again as many times as we possibly need to. And then maybe we, the dog only comes off place three times. Well, I exceeded my expectation then. So it's giving yourself a realistic goal, expectation, so that you're not as hard on yourself. It's not fighting the process. Yeah, it's honoring nature and like how the ebb and flow of life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in so doing, you start to get these little wins, these baby steps. That's it. And then you start building confidence 
and your dog starts building confidence and you start building confidence and trust in your dog and your dog starts having trust in you. And so these little tiny baby steps start to snowball Mm -hmm. and they become bigger strides and then leaps and things start to accelerate, I think, a lot more quickly. Yeah. Whereas I think what we tend to do is we expect the leaps. Okay, I'm I'm here now. I'm going to get there by the end of the week. Let's readjust that framework so that it's way more realistic for you and your talk. That's really cool. You, you talked earlier about kind of zooming out, mm-hmm. right, and the need to zoom out. So what do you what does that mean to you when you think about the process and, and the struggle? Well, it's a million little steps, right, to get to where you want to go. Zoomed in, that looks like a huge a- accomplishment. Zooming out, you can see where it's going to get you with that. Yeah, it's made up of all those little tiny steps. Yeah, I guess the other thing I think about too, you know, especially in the context of Thai, is had we not had kind of the struggle, it, it makes you appreciate how far you've come mm-hmm. and where you are. And I look at him now, I mean, I can quickly tell the story about the other day when I was picking up coffee in, in Uptown, right? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd walked Thai over to the little office I have in, in Uptown and was going by Starbucks to pick up a mobile order and I heard a dog bark and I was about to tie tie up to go in and pick up my coffee and I thought I'll just wait and see you know what that is because he can be uncomfortable with other dogs that he's not familiar with and I saw a puppy high excitement high energy like all of the warning signs right pulling at the end of the leash it walking the owner the owner not walking it all those things and I thought okay well I'm not gonna tie up Tyler outside and wait like I'll just I'll just wait and see what happens and I was fully expecting Ty to growl to pull to show aggression towards this dog with kind of uneasy energy which is what he would typically do but i was pleasantly surprised i gave him the opportunity i trusted him enough to give him the opportunity to respond and he just looked up at me for for leadership and for guidance and i was blown away and so i thought okay well let's let's seize this opportunity and so we sat down and and all the starbucks employees came out to greet the puppy and we're showing it crazy affection. And yet again, Ty just sort of looked at me and sat there and he eventually laid down. And then I looked up and there was another woman walking her dog on a harness down King Street, the dog once again pulling. And I thought to myself, oh boy, like this is it, right? We've got a puppy on the right, we've got a puppy on the left and and uh, I'm stuck in the middle with you. No, <laughs> no and, and the greatest thing ever, ever happened Ty sat there and he looked at me and he didn't do anything. And as the woman walked by, she looked over and she said, that's the dog I aspired to have one day, I think was the exact words that she used. And I almost cried because knowing where we'd come from with Ty, Mm -hmm. a dog that was not particularly social, a dog that was very unsure of himself, quick to judge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I never thought that I'd be able to sit there And I wasn't even holding the leash at this point. The leash was just draped over my knee and he was just sitting in between my feet. And this woman aspires to have that dog. Mm -hmm. You know, like it just, I don't know. It really moved me. And it it made me think about how far we've come, Mm -hmm. how much trust we've built. And, you know, kind of almost be appreciative of the struggle in terms of getting to this point, right? Mm -hmm. The process that got us to where we are today. And yeah, there's still things that we're working on with Ty. But we've come so far, right? And yeah. and that's something that I think we can really be appreciative of. And and you know, you've said this to me a couple times in the last few weeks about you know 
thinking about the importance of language. It's not like, oh, I, I have to train my dog. It's I get to train my dog, right? Like, that's so cool. Like, can you talk a little bit about that, what that means to you? Yeah, it's changing the framework around how when how we talk about things then changes how we feel about things. If you have to walk your dog, ugh, you're painting a very um, unappealing reality versus you get to walk your dog. You get to wake up early in the morning, have a hot shower, eat your breakfast, take your dog out for a walk. You get to go to work because some people don't have these things. And so instead of looking at it as a burden for yourself, realize that it's a true gift that what you have and having a relationship with your dog, getting to train your dog is so wonderful. Like I didn't have a dog until I was 25 years old. What I would have given to have, to get to walk a dog as a kid, Mm -hmm. right? Changing that definitely changes how you feel. It's so true. I've started using that practice outside of dog training outside of working with Ty, I do these online workout videos every day uh, put together by this guy named Phil McKenzie and they are really hard. Lean squad. (laughs) Really, really hard. Shout out to Phil McKenzie and lean squad. But I started using that kind of mantra or mentality. It's like, I get to do this. I am fortunate enough that like I have the ability to move my body and have you know full use of my body and do these kinds of activities. I mean, having seen my dad go through a crippling disease where he lost the ability to function, I get to work out, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is a privilege that I have. And when I encounter a really tough moment in the workout and I'm like cursing Phil's name and screaming, you're not usually home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to ground myself by being like, no, I get to do this, right? This is a choice I get to make and I get to do this. And I'm fortunate that I have the ability to do it. And that helps me to kind of reframe the whole thing and and just, and just go, you know? I love that you brought this up because working out is the perfect example of struggle makes you strong. Mm. Where working out is pain for gain, right? In Phil's workouts, he always says one more rep. One rep is better than none. Absolutely. You look at that in terms of all other aspects of your life, resilience is a muscle. Mm. And we have to go through struggle to build that muscle and come out stronger. An exact example of that is when I'm training with people, oftentimes I'll do a private lesson and someone will say, oh, that house over there, that street down there, we can't go walking that way because there's this dog and we had this altercation and and I go, oh, that street? Oh, we're going to walk down that street. <laughs> and they always like go white in the face and they look at me and they're like, are you crazy? What do you mean? What do you mean? And I go, we're going to overcome a challenge together with your dog so you can gain confidence, become stronger, reframe this whole concept that you have of this reality that you've painted of this is a very stressful environment. Now we're going to approach it with a training mind. This is now an opportunity for growth. Okay, what's the worst case scenario, right? What could happen? How are we going to ensure that doesn't happen and work through it? And it's uncomfortable, but you always walk away stronger. Clients afterwards are friggin' beaming, being Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe that worked out so well. And I guess 
too, in painting your worst case scenario, nobody dies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even if your dog barks, whoa, holy, oh well, we'll work through that. Yeah. Nobody died. <laughs> well, and something you just said about like going through that experience with your dog, you know, makes makes you stronger, makes your dog more confident. It also strengthen your strengthens your relationship with your dog. Mm-hmm. Let's look at one of the best television programs ever in the course of television, The Bachelor. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but... Oh, yeah, but, we talked about this, yeah. The Bachelor, how do they build these bonds between The Bachelor and their many suitors by putting them into situations where they struggle through something together, where they where they confront one of the their fear. deepest, dar- darkest fears, they do something they've never done before, and by struggling through that uncomfort or discomfort and that even pain potentially they grow stronger and more confident in themselves and they build a bond between the two individuals. And I think that's the same thing for dogs, right? You always say that to clients, that when you do something new with your dog for the first time, even if it's difficult, you're deepening that relationship because you're you're going through it together. So long as you reach the other side. Ah. Right? So long as you get the dog to experience it as a positive experience. So I use like treadmill as a classic example because that is a foreign thing for dogs to learn. To get on something where the floor is moving, that's like imitating an earthquake, right? That's unnatural to a dog that's going to set dogs off into fight or flight or avoid. So if you go, oh, no, 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 we can't do this. And you take them off during that experience of fight or flight, the experience with the treadmill is negative versus if you stay with it and you adjust the speed and you help your dog to overcome that challenge that mental block really that is it because it's not a physical pain the treadmill is not causing any pain it's just a mental obstacle that they have to overcome and so if you stick through until the dog is oh this isn't so bad i can be calm submissive on this treadmill and move forward and be totally okay with this i accept this treadmill then your bond is stronger because you overcame something together now let me try to layer a couple of these concepts together okay what you talked about earlier was setting realistic expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And when I watch you teach treadmill, it's not, okay, we're going to get your dog on the treadmill and have it go for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your dogs come off and you've persevered through the struggle and everyone's happy. Let's go get some ice cream. You break it down. You say, okay, the first baby step is getting the dog comfortably visually with the treadmill. And then it's getting the dog to, you know, go up onto the, the the deck and off, you know, without even powering it on, right? And mm-hmm. breaking it down in each one of those little milestones is a win, right? Mm-hmm. And a little struggle in and of itself. And then as the dog starts to build confidence and as the owner starts to build confidence and momentum, you know, you can work your way through and, and towards that ultimate goal of making it a positive experience, right? Mm-hmm. Don't give away too much, though, because I teach a whole online course on that. <laughs> well, we didn't talk about how to do it. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to uh, learn how to treadmill with your dog, there's a online course for that on our Podia page. Doghouse.podia.com? No, that's great. Anything else to, to share about, about struggle, Liz? Yeah, two more things I want to elaborate on, because this one, this topic really speaks to me, because... I'm someone who struggles with anxiety and depression, so struggle is part of my every frickin' day. I believe it was Kerwin Ray that I found this from. He's a really great, kind of, I guess, inspirational speaker, maybe like business coach. And he talks about how 
with caterpillars, in order for them to become butterflies, they go through a cocooning phase, right? If you were to cut the cocoon open to free the butterfly, that butterfly couldn't fly. It would die. So the butterfly has to go through the very painful struggle of breaking out of that cocoon in order to gain strength in their wings so that they can fly. If that is not the biggest metaphor for life, I don't even know. So that trying to save other people from struggle is actually going to be their demise. Mm -hmm. The same thing with your dog. Some struggle, if not all struggle, is necessary and it's a life lesson that we can then learn from and grow from it's a beautiful necessary thing as hard as it is to endure and i'm one of the i hate struggle (laughs) i hate struggle the most but we need it and i guess on that note too i'm a very like visual person i like to have quotes around the house and little reminders for me to show up every day put your best foot forward keep trying i printed off a little not a little it's a pretty big it's a paragraph <laughs> um from instagram and i am so frustrated i can't give credit to where i found it because this was so long ago and i didn't write it down so whoever this is who wrote this it's beautiful and i look at it numerous times in the week to continue to motivate me um and i just thought i'd give it a read right now is yeah, that okay go for it okay This world doesn't need more red painted lips or whitewashed walls. It needs you to show up, just as you are. Not the you that you will be next year after your diet and 5,000 resolutions grant you a harder body and more organized schedule. It needs you now, in your constant transition, in your struggle, in whatever healing you're moving through. Not as a solution, not as a polish, the raw, soft soul that you are, holding both light and dark, birth and death, love and pain. We need to see the strength within you that exists when you allow yourself to be imperfectly human. When you show up as the biggest sigh of relief that comes when you realize you are so much more than a home improvement project. You are so magnificent in all your chaos. I love that. It's so beautiful. Ah. Thanks for sharing that, Liz. I really appreciate that. Of course. Thanks for letting us in, too. I mean, I think you've taught me so much about how to be strong and how to persevere and how to become resilient. And I am really grateful for you teaching me that and sharing that with our listeners here today. Some of the strongest people I know have endured real hardships. And they're stronger because of it, right? Exactly. That's it. Well, I think that probably wraps it up for the one about struggle this week. We'd love to hear your feedback. Does this resonate with you? What are you struggling with? How are you going to apply some of these lessons or tips to help you refocus on the process and not just the outcome? Let us know. Drop us a comment on Instagram. And if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please let us know that as well. Remember to show yourself grace and love as you're continuing to grow and progress with your dog. Training is about the journey, not the destination. That's all for now. See you next week. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from you. We release a new podcast weekly. Follow us on Instagram at Honest to Dog Podcast. Honest to Dog Podcast is hosted by Liz Foley and Jeff Gadway. 
The show is engineered, edited, and produced by me, Timothy Musa. Support for the podcast is provided by The Doghouse. For all things training and daycare, head over to their website, doghaus.ca.